0: welcome 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 and thank you for tuning in to the power in your voice this is your host sheena good better known as the lady behind the mask and today we have an extraordinary woman in the building Ms. teresa Hart from heart place is in the building and she is gonna give us some gems some education and some inspiration how are you doing today
1: I'm doing well, thank you so much. And to everyone that is joining us on this evening, it is so great to see so many people and even those that will be joining. But Chena, I'm doing wonderful, uh,
0: despite the snow, doing absolutely great. Right, I know it's snowing here too, and I'm like, okay, we just had some this weekend, we got some (laughs) down, but you know, I'm gonna count my blessings we are here to still see it. So (laughs) I am not gonna complain. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: So can you tell the people who you are and what you do?
1: All right, absolutely. So I am Teresa Hedrington. First and foremost, I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother. I am a person who believes in uh, God. I believe that faith is important. And throughout my years in education, I have been touched personally and professionally in the area of special education. Uh, neurodiversity. And so that was something that was my sweet spot. And it brought me to a place where Heart's Place was birthed out of wanting to bridge that gap that I saw.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have someone in the high, high coached experience show. How we doing? Thank you for popping in. Please share and have others tune in. So can you tell us What made you want to do special education and advocacy?
1: Absolutely. So it's interesting. Like I said, it's a personal journey as well as a professional journey. Uh, Being able to deal with children personally in my own life, uh, from grandchildren to personal children who were um, having challenges in their own academics life and being their advocate it brought me to a place where there were times when I would have to go to school because I would get the call, you know, for parents, we understand when you get the call, your child is doing this, your child won't sit down, your child is being defiant, things of that nature. And I had to come to a place where I said, wait a minute, there's something else that I'm not saying here. So Teresa, we have to go and and look a little deeper in this. And even talking to, you know, my children and saying, hey, listen, not only is how is school going, but tell me something different that you learned in, in school today. Tell me what was the atmosphere like while you were in class? How's your science class? How's your math class? I noticed that your grades are very different between one of the two. What's 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 the dynamics? And when we begin to ask open-ended questions, it allows me to come to a place where I was saying, okay, there is a need here and i need to be able to figure out how to meet meet that need for so long you know i had a child that was diagnosed as um, being dyslexic and that wasn't the case at all and how many of us on here have ever heard of orthographic processing i, don't I didn't even know, know what,
0: what that is <laughs> yeah.
1: so even when you're talking about something as simple as that i was like okay so what is orthographic processing. What does that mean in terms of my child? And what does that look like? Right. Right. So when we're talking about orthographic processing, it means it's her ability to recognize words, spell words, and put words in their proper sequence. Her brain was going so fast. So she was excellent in math. Numbers wasn't an issue for her. But when it came to the words, when it came to the letters, putting that in place, and how many of our children are misdiagnosed so many times because that's not something that we talk about right so I did my due diligence to find how can we combat this what can I do not only as a mother but also as an educator because I was in education at at that time I've been in special education and working in education for over 20 years and so it's something that is ingrained in me i'm the little girl that used to have you know teaching her stuffed animals and teachers with the old school green chalkboard if anybody know what that is with the yeah. little- yes <laughs> so it was something that it was near and dear to me and out of that i understood that i had to step up and educate not only myself but those that were dealing with not only my child but other children who were in a very vulnerable place. And so resilience came out of that for me Mm -hmm. because I was determined to go to meetings. If you have an open door policy, I'm gonna be in the class. I wanna hear how you're teaching. I wanna see what does your atmosphere look like in creating a safe space for those that are being taught. And what is the pacing? What is the language? How are we being inclusive to the various needs of those that are in the classroom? But it's not only the children, it's the parents. So when I get those calls, you need to come into the office. Well, I would say, hello, how are you? Right. You know, thank you for reaching out. Now, how can I help you? Versus you call me and say, you need to come into the school. It's automatically we create a barrier. Mm -hmm. On top of what's already there. So we have to figure out another way to of doing this. And then I always said, if I'm not part of the problem, then I must be part of the solution. I
0: pride myself on that. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, we have to sit and ask the questions like, how can we help the parents that are dealing with this? Because you have the parent and the child that's dealing with the a, a, a barrier. So it's like, mm-hmm. how how can we help? What can we do? And how you said, if we not the problem, we got to be the solution. So how can we make solutions for the problem that's going on, especially in our society today? Absolutely. So you, as a parent, how did that? How did that impact you? You know, because you know we have these parents that get impacted after these hear these things, and it's like, how do they process that? Like, what are some gems that you can give to the parents that are dealing with these challenging situations? I would.
1: Preference by saying it's nothing that you particularly did. I remember a lot of times going to the school and being made to feel as if I did something wrong. And coming from that preference, once again, we don't even allow the parents or the families because we keep trying to separate the two when the two go together. Mm -hmm. And when we are talking to parents, we have to remember that they are human beings. We have to remember that there's a whole nother life that we know nothing of. And so for me, I used to always just say, miss, sir. Okay. I I hear that there was an issue, but can you explain to me, why are you talking to me that way? What is it that is so uh, impactful in this environment that it causes you to come at me in a negative manner? Because right now, the way I'm looking at it, you're putting me on the on the on the outskirts when I am a vested key stakeholder. And so tell me how we can be able to make this change. Cause there needs to be a needs to be a different. I've had teachers, uh, you know, when I would go in and have meetings and the parent teacher meeting for me sometimes were a joke. And it was a joke because once again, there was this misconceived notion that if you're not an evolved parent, or if I don't see a parent doing A, B, C, and D, not even realizing that there's something else going on behind the scenes. And I get it. As an educator, I understood both sides of the fence. But in, in understanding both sides of the fence, I had to come to resolve within myself that I would not treat people as if they have no value. I get it. You're tired. Administration is on you. Leadership. But that has nothing to do with you bringing forth an environment which would be rich in education and an environment where it's a teachable moment. So I started using those opportunities to be teachable moments for those that I was sitting in front of, those that I was talking to, and also for myself and for my children. I said, listen, what's going on in school? What's happening in your class? This is some ways that you yourself can stand up. No, Mm -hmm. you do not have the right to vote because you're underage. But you do have a voice. And with your voice, you have a right to be able to share what you're thinking and deal with the facts. I've taught my children all the time, you know, talk about the facts. Okay, so what is the fact? Mom, the teacher never says anything. She comes in and says, okay, you know, your your aim is on the board. Get to your aim. And then she goes to her seat. She sits down. We don't review what we did the day before. Then she'll throw in a quiz. Okay. Pop quiz time. There is no interaction for us to be able to understand what it is that she really wants us to do. So then at the end of the day, I'm frustrated, I'm mm-hmm. angry, and I just don't care for the teacher. And so even in that, so I would say to parents and those that have the awesome task to lead and to teach and to train up our children while they're in our care, teach them to use their voice in a way where they ask questions. And it has to be questions that are going to be thought provoking. Ask questions that are gonna make them themselves think, okay, so what can I do? I'm not the teacher in this classroom, but what can I do? I can allow this to be a teachable moment to teach my peers. So there now allow your influence as young people, for those that are students, allow your influence as parents to say, wait a minute, there has to be somebody that I can be able to go to that'll be able to hear what I'm saying and also hear how I am feeling. And many times, you know, educators, administrators, and those in the positions, we don't ask, how are you today? We just say, mom, you need to come in. Dad, you need to come in. And we don't take a time to treat them from a humanistic point of view. When you're dealing in the area of special needs or dealing in the area of a person that has a particular situation that needs to be addressed, we have to be sensitive to that. And there are people that don't have the training, and it's okay if you don't have the training, whether you're a parent or you're an administrator, but would you be open and flexible enough to get it, to have an understanding? And just like I said with my daughter, my child, having orthographic processing, I had to tell that to the teacher. So you want them to read, watch a video, and take notes. Tell me how that's gonna work. You're asking for various skills. And are we being open? And are we being fair and requiring these different skill sets all at one time? And can you as a teacher do the same? Cause the video is going at a fast pace. So when the kids are saying, miss, can you slow it down? Can you stop mm-hmm. for a minute? Can you go back? No, we're on a time schedule. So I can't slow down the video. I won't go back or you didn't think about chunking the video and creating it in such a way where it would be fruitful to those that are watching it. So when the young people come out from that experience, cause it's supposed to be an experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I would challenge parents, ask questions. It's in your right to ask questions. Can you tell me how are you teaching this class? Something real simple is, are there books? What material are you utilizing? What platforms are you utilizing? As a parent, do I have access to that? So I can understand that I can be able to advocate and when my child comes home, I can be able to help them while they're doing their homework, while they're doing whatever the assignment is or the project that has been given to them.
0: Absolutely. We love all them gems. I hope y'all are writing down and taking notes. And if you have any questions for Miss Teresa, please make sure you are dropping the questions in the in the chat so that I can ask her the questions that you need to ask, because we are here to answer anything you need to answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, my friend, um, Takisha, co she says she needs you on her show absolutely Keisha. I told her. she said she said absolutely keisha so let me know if you need her connections or information or you can follow the show and get the information to connect with her and i will connect y'all or y'all can connect through the chat and listen we here for it so another question i have for you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the heart place. give us the dynamics of what the heart place is what it do and all the lovely things that it does for people
1: Okay, so Heart's Place Services, as I mentioned before, was birthed out of a need. And so out of that, I'm an advocate. I'm an advocate for families. I'm an advocate for organizations. I am an advocate for those where there is a gap. A lot of times we have schools, and not only schools, but other in industries where they say we are inclusive. And I like to go and say, can I see your policies and procedures? How are you inclusive? What do you do that would include everyone? And so Heart's Place comes in. I do assessment. I do walkthrough. I um, have the experience of looking at an IEP. And within a few minutes, I can be able to point out some things to parents as well as to the teachers. I work with lawyers because we do have cases where, you know, there's a situation it did not go the way it was supposed to go or there were infractions Hmm. institutions and not only educational institutions, there are infractions all the time that they do. I was talking to a young lady who works in a clothing store and she is a young lady who is autistic and so in her sharing that with her job she wants to move into the position of management she has the skill set she has the warehouse but you know was told that they're concerned about her being autistic and i said to her did they actually say those words to you because right then and there that's After a whole infraction. ethics. There's an infraction that has just been taking place. They've broken so many laws that are not even funny. And to the point where in that right now, it's just one of those things. She's just going with the motion. And so we had a beautiful, long depth in conversation. But once again, here is where Hearts Place step in and is able to be an advocate for this employee And also, hopefully, I can be able to bridge the gap with the employer to be able to say we have to be able to look at this from a different lens. We have to be able to have another perspective about this. There has to be a point where we begin to build hope in an environment that will include everyone. And when we're talking about being inclusive, hearts play steps up on the scene, not only for the parent, not only for the child, but also for anyone who believes that there is a gap. And trust me, there's a gap. How many, you know how many times I've rode on the bus system, MTA, and I've seen how drivers interact with those who are of the neurodivergent community, not understanding how to interact with them, the right. police department. I have stepped in instead for many of our young males um, who unfortunately find themselves in a situation where I had to say, hold on a minute. I know this person. Mm -hmm. This is what's going on. Okay, they're not listening to me. They have a hearing. They, They have mutism. They have selective speech. And so it's not that they're not obeying what you are asking them. Their brain is trying to process process it. And because they don't have the articulation of speech and language, they cannot begin to tell you that your screaming is now setting them off. Mm -hmm. It's sending them into a frenzy. So physiologically, their body's responding where you think that they're being aggressive. It's something that is happening neurologically in their brain, in their body. So Heart's Play steps up on the scene and we approach it from that lens to all and everyone who will be able to open up their doors in their hearts to allow us to come in and bridge that gap resilience hope and inclusion we're talking about the journey it's a journey some people some businesses don't even know that they do these things it's subconscious they don't understand that there are subliminal messages that they send on a consistent basis And so Mm. when we're talking about being resilient, we have to also talk about withstanding some things. How many times parents say, I'm I'm just done? How many times have we had employers that say, man, if I get another PD, you got me sitting here for six and four hours and what do I get out of it? What's the benefit for me? What's the value? Hearts Place allows people, communities, businesses, to see the value in dealing with the neurodivergent community. They're here. They've always been here. They're not going anywhere. So we have to be able to come to a place where we are able to acknowledge the value of the person. And for me, when we go in and I'm always saying, I see you. How many times have we been told, I see you? I see the situation, but I see you struggling in it. As a parent, as a father, let's, let's talk about the males. How does neurodivergent affect the males? A lot of times when I'm talking to the social workers or I'm talking to those that are dealing with families as an advocate and even having experience in human services counseling. I say, did you think about the dynamics of the home? So if you're dealing with a child uh, or a person who has ADHD or is autistic, how does that affect those living in their home? How does that affect their basic daily living? Do you not understand brushing their teeth can become a chore? Do you not understand how lighting can set them off? And how does that deal and relate and impact the families? that are near and dear and that extend abroad. We have to start asking more questions. Hearts Place allows us to have a thought-provoking platform so we can change our perspective. Hearts Place will ask the questions that a lot of people don't want to ask. I'm able to say, hey, listen, sitting in an IEP meeting, I have parents that are calling me from all over the world. Hearts Place is international and it's global. I will represent you, your family, your firm, and ask the question. Sometimes it's that insight that you don't even see. It's the little things. It's that small little crack and that little infraction that because it was intended to, it has now exploded. It has now created a situation that had we addressed it in its infant stage, we would now have to deal with it in a grown-up state.
0: Education Absolutely. is a
1: big monster.
0: Mm-hmm. That is we so got. true. Mm-hmm. Now question, for those that say they might not know that they need your services, how would they know? How would they know they need you? So I'm glad that you asked
1: that question. I, when I go to place and I do presentations, I always start out with, tell me a little bit about what you do. And then from there, I say, well, let me. Share with you how we can collaborate and how what I do and what we do at Heart's Place can come together and we can be able to tackle this situation, this issue, or this topic that you yourself has spoke about. Just like I talked about with the business. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm an advocate, educational advocate. It's not only education that's in the educational setting, but it's in the community it's in these jobs, it's in these firms, MTA police. So I sit, I go to the meetings, I attend their different events and I begin to talk about the elephant in the room. We know it's there, we see it, we try to tiptoe around it, try to slide under it. But while we're looking at this, this situation, this circumstance, I tell those that I come in contact with, it doesn't have to be a hard task. We can work together and be able to make a difference. I'm all about making a difference. My mission is to be able to shed light on what we won't talk about. We don't talk about it, it hurts us. And businesses and industries won't talk about diversity and the divergent community, they're not going anywhere. Right. Some of them have it in their family. So there's a stigma to if I don't talk about it, then it doesn't affect me as much. Right. Meanwhile, you go back home and you deal with it. It's in your home. It's in your face. It's on your job. When you have workshops, you're frustrated because you're like, I need this worker. I need this employer to come on and step up to the plate. Well, maybe we have to look at how we present what we want them to do differently so that they can be successful and we add value to not only them, but also to the business.
0: Absolutely. We got a couple of comments in here for you. You have Robin who says, she's an amazing advocate for those who are need of service. Thank you, Robin, for tuning in. Please make sure you're sharing. And she said, thank you, Robin. We have... I think her name is Shawana. Your work is important. Advocates are definitely needed for many families, individuals with disability.
1: Thank you. Thank you, thank you.
0: Can you name a challenge that you had to deal with in so far in your you said twenty plus years in this mm-hmm. journey? Um,
1: <laughs> I'm laughing in my head. I can name a few. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: I can write a book on it.
1: Yes, that's coming too. I would say one would be dealing with regulations and laws. So when we think of the neurodivergent community and special needs, right? I tell people IDEA is not just an idea. It is a federal law. It is something that we have to be able to hold under our belt and understand the purpose of it, right? So because it's a law, how many times do we use the law and say, this is what I'm entitled to because the law says so. This is where my rights are being violated because the law states A, B, C, and D. And I talk to people and tell them, all you need to do is just get a few of the what the law says under your belt. If the law says I'm entitled to an advocate, you can bring an advocate. I've had people say, oh, they said, Miss Teresa, you can't join because you're not part of the committee. I said, you have a right. According to your right, exercise the law. The law is there for a purpose, and we have to be able to understand why the law is there. It's there so that that way we would be able to exercise and show forward a real place of inclusion and appropriate education environment for our children and those we love. Ideal law is also in effect, not only from your primary, middle school, high school, but going up to college. There is a student support services. It's the law. They have to put that in place. When we think of when we're on our work, there is a law that's in place for those who have specific abilities, right? It's in place for a reason. So that they have to be able to adhere to the law and no matter where you go even in the workplace ADA provides discriminatory acts to make sure that they are not being exercised in a place where it's not acceptable but how many times once again do we use what is there for us There's regulations in place for a reason. And sometimes it can be overwhelming and it can be daunting. But if you get the main crux, I tell people three is a magic number. Get three good ones underneath your belt for where you are and exercise that. They They can't go against the law. The law says. And it begins to change the tune of how people begin to speak and how they respond when they know that we know the law. I've had my running with the law several times. Officers such and such and so on and so forth. I'm a female and you are right up in my face, sir. And you are telling me that I am suspect because you have a description of a person. I'm sitting, I said, no, I, I think we, I'm here with five black boys
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, that's, that's suspect to you. You don't even understand that we're having a session. And we chose to have it outside while playing basketball. Mm -hmm. See, I'm working, sir. Mm
0: -hmm. These
1: kids are not bothering anyone. We're not causing a ruckus. This is a session that is taking place. The law is in place. Utilize the law. And when the law no longer works, challenge it. Challenge it. We are standing on the backbones of those who either instituted the law or those that made changes to the law when it no longer worked, And then we have to be able to say, how can we expand this? We have to change our perception. We have to change our perspective. And we have to change our preference. Who do you choose to be? I choose to be a voice, a voice that will not be muted. I choose to make sure that on this journey, that my resilience, my hope, and inclusion, all of those things are key, and that it shows forth so that the next generation, we have to leave a legacy. We're on this journey so that we can leave a legacy. It's all about the next.
0: Absolutely. So, the question is what is next for our heart place? Like, you know, it's 2024, so what's happening? I'm glad that you asked that. So what's next for Hearts Places?
1: I look forward to traveling and beginning to go to various different countries and different places and create an empowerment group and education for those places where they don't have advocacy. Or advocacy is not a very prominent thing. So I think about North Carolina. North Carolina, I'm coming. Anybody know North Carolina, I'm coming. It's important if you think about different laws that are in Florida. So for these different states that have the neurodivergent. And once again, they're all over. Uh, Nigeria, I'm coming. (laughs) So it's, it's about expansion globally and really being able to show and create a group and educate those who are willing to learn and even those who don't even know that it's something that
0: needs to be voice absolutely um we have uh Tavika Benjamin she said and what a voice it is <laughs> thank you <laughs> then you have I think her name is Shawana she said that's right a voice that will not be mute <laughs> we what have t- Dee Dee Austin put her hands up <laughs> thank you yeah
1: so you know, uh, Heart's place is here. We're not going anywhere, and it's a service. So we're in a service business. And being in the service business, so we do several things. We do workshops. Like I said, we do assessments. I'll come in and, and do an inclusion and diversity, workshop and assessment for businesses. I represent families and schools in the IEP, as well as was called as a 504 form which is a step before you get to um, having an, an IEP, it's it's a civil right. And a lot of parents don't know that as well. It is, your, it is your right once again, to be able to say, these are services that I will need. And before they do the testing and assessment, you are entitled to be able to get a 504 form, whether your child has a physical condition So I've had students that were diabetic and they needed to have nursing or um, some type of medical power. A lot of parents don't know that you can have a medical power. It's not only just about having an educational power, but there's a medical power. If you have uh, a child that has issue in terms of toileting, So you have students that could be five. I've had young men and young women that were 16 and 18 that did not have the tallity abilities that they should have gained when they were younger for whatever various reasons. And so having the tallity power to help them with that. If you need to have a matron on a bus because you have children that are sensitivity, you know, we talk about autism, it's a spectrum.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When we're talking about behavior, it, what, what behavior are we talking about? There's various different things that we can address. They're learning disabilities. Somebody may have dyslexia. Somebody may have ADHD. We can't forget those that have Tourette's syndrome. We, gotta, we can't forget those that have disorders that may be intellectual, such as Down syndrome. We can't forget those that have disorders that may be physical and challenging, so cerebral palsy and blindness and deafness. We can't forget those that need speech and language. Uh, There are disorders and it ranges. For those that may stutter, we can't forget those who have emotional and behavioral disorders, anxiety and depression, and opposite defiance disorder. ODD is what, what this call. We got a lot of languages. And then we also can't forget those who have nonverbal learning disorders. And they may fall under a different term. We have to remember it's physical, it's psychological, it's educational, it's emotional. And so Heart's Place touch on all of those different angles. And it might be a combination of all. Right. And I want to encourage those that are listening, this is not the end. There is a light. There is hope for parents that are feeling frustrated, for those that are working and you're angry or you're feeling to a point where your hands are tied, Hearts Place is here to bring hope. We are here. There are advocates, there are educational, there are lawyers, we are here. And I'm looking to partner up with law organizations because guess what? They know the law, but then they need to also understand the educational side of it. They need to understand that perspective of it as well. I'm looking to work with doctors, right? So Mm -hmm. when parents go and they need to be able to get these doctor reports, whether it's psychologists, whether it's medical doctors, they need the language. So parents don't have the language. How are they gonna go to their doctor and be able to say, can you help me? I have a child that right now wants to play basketball or better yet, let's go real simple. A child that has to participate in PE, but they have a heart problem. There's some issues. So the teacher keeps failing them because they're not doing the exercise.
0: Right? Hello,
1: I had to write up a curriculum where I said to the PE teacher, why don't we institute chair and floor exercises? The goal is to get their bodies moving, right? So no, this child might not be able to do push-ups, but the goal is to get their bodies moving. So why don't we teach them how to take their pulse? Why don't we teach them where they can be able to build up muscles in their body if we're doing chair exercises and make it fun? If they're doing dances, Take a dance and make it fun. Incorporate all of these things and don't make it a battle. Everything doesn't have to be a battle. they are dealing with enough as it is. We have to come to a place where we and what we know, you got to know nothing.
0: Mm. Because then you're open and you're flexible. You was preaching in here today, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You have your niece that said this is very informative, auntie. Thank you for sharing and being transparent. You have Didi that says, thanks, good advice. We have Cora who says, that's right. A lot of parents don't know the right or the process. I fought the system to get service for my son. Still fighting. Thank you for doing. Thank you for doing, doing for all you're doing. And even,
1: you know, and, and I thank you for those that are sharing, um, and, and being transparent, even for, for yourselves. It's a journey. This is a journey. It's not going to end today. It's not going to end tomorrow. It may not end five or 10 years for now, but it is a fight where we're going to have to be able to know that we've got help. And we, some fights we can't do on our own. Right. It's systematic. We have to fight the system within the system. It's an inside job. I'm your inside person. Hearts is the inside place. We can be able to, because there's language and um, things that we know, because working behind the scenes. You know how many times I've said to parents, listen, let's set up a meeting to come to meet. They come to my meeting. We're sitting, we're talking. And I'm like, are you aware? For an example, those that are in high schools, Regents is getting ready to come up. Children that Um, have IEPs, which is the individual education plan. They're entitled, according to their IEPs, to have extra time. Some also can have a separate room that they do a test. Some may be able to need um, technological assistance devices or audio devices. And I said, so are you aware of that? And then I would have a meeting with the teachers or administration, these are our students. Regents is coming up. Are we prepared for that? Do we have all of these things in place? And it's not an infraction against the law. It's an enhancement of the law. So you right. can be able to say, we did meet the needs of this child, this family. And because we've done that, we're seeing growth. So no, they're not coming into the classroom, flipping up tables. I mean, students, I've had, Mr Teresa, why am I not in your classroom? Mr. Risa, e, so why they got me in here with, with this teacher who right. screams or this teacher who's on their phone? Uh-oh. Because the, the children going to tell it. Mm-hmm. And when they tell it, we have to be willing and being open and honest to say, let's take a look at, at what's going on here. You know how many parents, they say, oh, mom, dad, grandma, auntie, uncle, we just want you to come in. And you got parents lined up, just signing the papers. I said, mm-hmm. did you know that you what you just signed? Right. No, mom, we just need you to sign the X. Sign on the, you know, the highlighted line. No, we're not doing that to people no more. It's unfair. We're not doing that no more. Where's the equity in that? They don't Mm -hmm. even know what they're signing. No, this journey, we're going to be resilient. We're going to operate from a place of hope. And
0: we will be inclusive. Absolutely. Do you have a success story that you would like to mention? (laughs) Cause you know, you've done 20 years. So I know you have several, but do you have any that you would like to mention? You know, I do.
1: I do. So I have two. I have a young lady who, uh, from middle school into high school, um, had a heart issue and she had to have a open heart surgery. And, um, When she came to our school, there was various different medical needs as well as academic needs. She was uh, deficient in many, many areas. So her behavior was an issue. She had to be weighed every day. If her weight went below a certain weight, we'd have to call EMS emergency Mm. immediately. If her weight went above a certain number, we'd have to call EMS because That means there was something going, her heart was working extra hard. Mm. And being an advocate for her and her family, where even her mom was frustrated, she would come in and be ready to fight. Mom got banned from the Mm. school because she was threatening folks. Um, So being able to advocate for that family, uh, where she went in and had multiple surgeries. By the time she came through, I was like this, by her bedside, and she was like, "Miss Teresa, what are you doing here?" I said, "I told you, I'm here. I would be with you." And I must say that she has gone on. She's doing well. She is excelling in her academia, and she's still here. And I'm so grateful that everything went well. Mom now is able to use her voice where she's not screaming and cussing mm-hmm. and yelling at folks because she said, do you know what it means? My child died three times in my arms. Mm-hmm. No one heard that. You just heard mom screaming and screaming. yelling. But you didn't hear that this is a mom whose child died three times in her arms. Right? Can you imagine the trauma with that? No. So being yeah. able to work with mom, where she was able to be able to come back in the building, meet with her downstairs and kind of walk her through that. My other success story is there's a young lady I've been working with uh, since high school. She is a um, a person who also is on the autism spectrum and she is an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Her name is Diamond and she is a diamond in all that she does. She shines bright and we have fought through high school. She is gone through college and she's getting ready to graduate this year with her bachelor's degree. And let me tell you something. She would call me two o'clock in the morning when she, you know, is feeling uneasy Mm -hmm. and she has panic attacks or she's feeling anxious two o'clock in the morning. And we would talk, we would do our breathing techniques. We've been on the phone for hours. I've gone to her, her college sat in her classrooms with her. And that's because her and her family was open enough to say, you know what? Not only do we need help, but we want help. And this lady right here is able to help us. And so I'm so proud of both of these young ladies. One name was Diamond uh, and the other young lady name is Chelsea. And so Mm -hmm. this is something where the families need to be applauded too. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? On this journey how many sleepless nights they've had. Do you understand the agony and pain that they they have endured? Just trying to understand how can I meet where my child is now? Mm -hmm. You have to weigh your child every morning. They have to get on the scale every morning. I would have to go down and meet with the nurse and say, don't forget, we got to catch so-and-so when she comes through the door. But to be able to say to these families, you are not alone. I see you.
0: You're on this journey and I'm on it with you. Absolutely. I'm on it with you. I love it. I love it. Now, what do you have to say to the frustrating parent that's out there that don't know where to turn? Cause you know, what resources for them to find out, where could they find out the laws that they have to be able to use this in there before say they Say they haven't reached out to you yet. So what are some resources and things that they can do before they have to, you know, that they might have can use on their own? Say, say, you know, they're frustrated and they need the advocate for their kid. Okay. Uh, so
1: wherever the state that they're in or the country that they're in, they want to be able to look at and type in um, special needs or disability laws. IDEA the ideal law is a federal law so you want to be able to look at the laws of your particular particular state and you want to be able to see how that particular laws in your state is going to be able to um, marry if you will the laws that is the federal law you want to be able to look at what services they have and what services they don't have. And then you want to be able to know. What can you do. And who can you reach out to. Some states don't they have enough advocacies. Right. There are not enough of us that are around. And some people don't want to take on. Listen. We're talking about taking down the giant. Some people right. don't want to take down the giant. I prefer to know that the giant is there. And just stay out of its way. And then stay out of mine. Right. So. When we're looking at in our different states, if we're looking at North Carolina, you want to be able to say, "Okay, what are the laws? And then you look at the services and you want to be able to question that those services are actually in compliance and alignment with the laws of that state and federal law. State can't trump federal. And I tell people this all the time. I know you might be in North Carolina, Florida, wherever you are. And yes, they have their individual state laws, but there's a federal law at the same time too. And then wherever you are, reach out to Hearts Place. We're here. We'll walk you through it. I've had a young lady call me from California. So I was getting, you know, the passport and everything together. She had a, a, um, an IEP meeting. And mm-hmm. because it was virtual, mm-hmm. I said, okay, add me in. Tell them right. that your advocate is going to be on the line and that's your right. So you also got to know your rights. Just begin to look and say, as a human being, as a parent, what are some of my rights, right? Because if anything jumps off or go down, the law or whoever the law, those that are um, upholding the law is going to say, well, you should have done or you should have did. And then even with, that being the case, we have to also step in and say, now, wait a minute, the parent did do A, B, C, and D. And I'm telling parents, I'm telling everybody, let there is a power in the almighty pen. Write it down. Write what you want people to know. If you got to reach out to parents, principals, uh, and I say even for my high school parents that are out there, Your child graduating is all credit-bearing. Don't let them give them classes that they don't need just because they need to fill up their schedule. No, you want to be able to know. Wait, hold on a second. Let me look in that. Let me take a look at this transcript. And if you don't know how to be able to look at the transcript and understand it, then reach out to Heart's Place. We've got teachers. We've got different people that are part of our network that could come in and help you. We've got, you know, those in the medical field that could also come in and be able to help you. They will say what you won't be able to say or you don't have the words to say. The bottom line is there's help. Journey, don't let it end the way it looks. And even with tears in your eyes and you're feeling overwhelmed, we're here. There is someone that has a listening ear that's here to help. Reach out and let's talk.
0: I love it. I love it. We have some more comments. They say, this is good information. Thank you so much. She also says, yes, talk about it. We have AP that says, Heart Place has been a great help to so many families, including mine, for many years. This is the type of advocacy is so necessary. Thank you for having Ms. Hodginson on your show and others may know. Thank you for coming through. And I'm more than pleasure to have her and have her back. <laughs> we have another one that says, thank you, heart place for your resilience and advocacy passion to serve in this space. These are services that are needed in black and Brown communities where our children are misunderstood and misdiagnosed. Absolutely. So true. Thank you for watching and joining.
1: Absolutely. 100%. So, you know, I'm glad that they talked about the misdiagnosis, mm-hmm. right? So, I want to touch on that for for a moment and I know that our time is belabored. When, when When we are looking at having assessment done for our children it's important to have an advocate because they'll be able to help break down what this diagnosis that the outside be it the school be it the job be it the professional is giving and it's nothing wrong with always getting a second opinion. Don't take anything right up front for first value. But what I want you to do is begin to look at what does this diagnosis mean? And then begin to research it, begin to look at some of these diagnoses and medical issues that have been around for a long time. And a lot of people don't even know it. It's not something that is new, but it's been there. And so absolutely, as we're talking about misdiagnosing, you know, like I said, even with my own, personally, being misdiagnosed for years as um, having one thing when it actually was was another.
0: Now, did the doctor just diagnose her or the psychiatrist or the school? So
1: the school, the school. Okay. So the school have their own team. But mm-hmm. even with their own team, as those who are in charge of families, whether you're the parent, the grandmother, you can ask and you're supposed to see those reports. Never take anything for face back. It's in your right to get those reports. It's in your right to say, well, under what grounds? I've had families where they said, oh, the psychologist came in and they said they observed my child. How long did they observe them? Right. You observed the child for 15 minutes and in your 15 minutes you came and said, no, everything is okay with them. They didn't talk. You mean to tell me you didn't know that they were speech delayed? Right. You know why? Because that's another skill house. The speech mm-hmm. therapist now has to come in and say, well, such and such is not pronouncing their letters properly. There's an issue with diction. There's an issue with the hearing. So now, okay, wait a minute. Not only do we have a speech issue, but what is my hearing? I'm hearing one thing. If there's fluid in the ears, so I can't hear properly. So when I go to speak, instead of saying cat, I'm saying cut. Yep cut and it's not that it's cultural i don't understand and i don't hear the letter mm-hmm. i don't hear the sounds the blending and we have to go back to the basics as educators um you know there's a a new shift where you're no longer teaching you're no longer teaching the task to prepare children for a world of work and life but you're teaching children to take a test right i personally have an issue with that
0: and i stand
1: i stand on everything that a parent families so that they can live a more fruitful and productive life we have to shed light on this journey of the needs of those that are neurodivergent it just means that their brain processes things differently And, you know, when I say it that way, I say everybody in this room is
0: neurodivergent. Right.
1: (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me just meet you where you are.
0: And that's absolutely true. It's so many times we we all do process the thing because we all learn differently. Yes, we do.
1: (laughs) And that's okay, too, because that's part of the inclusion. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to once again and be empathetic. Right. some parents and those who are also in this realm of disability special needs neurodivergent sometimes we don't even understand what the requirement is to be able to help our child or to be able to help our family and when we don't have the understanding and the skill set then that is complicating the situation even the more. So the journey now becomes a tedious journey. The journey now becomes a place where that parents say, you know what? I don't even care.
0: And then do whatever what you want to the do. The kid, though, when that happens, you know. So we have a lot of people that
1: fall through the crack. We have a lot of students. Right. We have a lot of adults. So new divergent is not only for children, but adults. Right. I've spoke to someone who is thirty years old and now just was diagnosed clinically
0: wow. as having ADHD. Wow! So that mean all those years they never all got the help.
1: That no, never got the help.
0: education that they needed to the tools.
1: No, they were just diagnosed, or or I should say, were just deemed as if behavioral. So you right. are a behavioral child. Now you become a employee that has behavioral issues you can't follow the rules mm-hmm. you you know you won't do what we tell you to do right and there's
0: more to it than meets meets the eye right people look at the skirts of the behavior instead instead of looking deeper on why there's the behavior
1: mm-hmm. and say how can I help you right what can we do how can we work work together oh such and such I noticed that you are amazing on those spreadsheets wow mm-hmm. You instituted something that we didn't even think about. And now you've added value to the company, to the business. So your spreadsheet is amazing. You know those numbers back and forward. But I realized that on the communication side, written word, we need to work on that. So I would love to send you to a training that's going to expand and help you to improve in the area of your English writing or in the writing segment. That's inclusion. That's building hope. That's being able to show that there is a resilience, that on this journey, you're not alone. Absolutely. Any final thoughts? I would leave this one thing by saying you are worth more than you can imagine. You may have to fight keep fighting. This journey is a never ending journey. We are lifelong learners. And as you become, and as you continue to be a lifelong learner, know that you're not alone. There's someone who's been where you are, who has been in your shoes. And there is someone who could be able to help you walk this journey out. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much on today for your time. It has been my honor
0: and my privilege. Absolutely. Can you tell them how to connect with you and how to find Heart Place?
1: Absolutely. So if you want to reach out to Heart's Place, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. It is Heart's Place um, Services. And you could email me at heartsplace1 at gmail.com. You can also find me uh, on my website which is heart's place and anybody that wants to reach out to me we can also put that information in the chat
0: We sure can. We are gonna make sure we get all her information into the dialogue of the show afterwards so that y'all can connect with her, follow her, network with her, and all those good things. It's been a pleasure and a jewel to have you on here. I just want y'all to know and please tune in, it will be a part two coming because it was not enough time to get all the information. (laughs) So we gotta break these down in parts. And listen, it's been an awesome interview, and I can't wait to have her back. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I thank you for sharing, dropping in. Please share, because this message is for someone else that you might know that needs to hear this. As always, I have been your girl, Sheena Gadine. This has been the power in your voice. We're always here to inspire, educate, and motivate. We will see you again, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Life struggles. When life tries to fight you back, you have to be ready to fight back. You have to be ready to stand your ground and be able to Forcing life to... and bold. We learned that there are people